Wow, it's hard for me to believe that it's been three years, three years since the unwelcome advent of COVID. Perhaps because we're still living with its effects, it still seems like a relatively new phenomenon to me. Life before COVID is something that I can clearly remember and it doesn't seem that long ago. But for children who don't remember life before COVID, COVID and mask wearing may seem like something that's always been with us. And for many, if not all of us, that's the way that we think of another disease. It's called sin. It's such a present and pervasive reality that it may seem hard to believe that there was a time before sin, at least insofar as it infected people. Which is why we're reading our first lesson from Genesis 2 and 3 today to remind us of how sin entered the world, alienated humanity from God, and infected all the descendants of humanity's first sinners, Adam and Eve. In our second lesson, the Apostle Paul describes to the Christian community in Rome how just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death came through sin, so death spread to all because all have sinned. Sin is pictured as a contagion, but that is not the end of the story. Paul's point is not primarily about sin, but about its cure, the marvelousness of which we won't appreciate if we don't understand that sin is as serious as any virus or bacterium. If we don't realize that we have a deadly infection, we are not likely to seek a cure. And God's word reveals our diseased state to us far too clearly for our comfort. The parts of the Bible that show us our sin and our alienation from God, we call law. But Paul, having informed the Romans of the universal guilt of Jew and Gentile alike, doesn't stop there. He moves from law and condemnation to gospel and grace, that in Jesus Christ we have, by the grace of God, received a cure for our disease, one to be celebrated even more than antibiotics or immunotherapy. And so Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, if because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. And so we are heirs not only of Adam's sin, but of Jesus' righteousness. Samuel Johnson once said, when a man is tired of London, he is tired of life. Allow me to add the corollary that if we are tired of Jesus, we are tired of joy. To apprehend even a tenth part of what Jesus has done for us is to receive joy enough to last us a lifetime. 
Paul doesn't come right out and say, if you find the gospel boring, then you're probably boring. But the sentiment is implicit in his every word. Instead, Paul says, this is great news that makes even the likes of you and me great. You won't believe this, but the cure is efficacious not only for the casual, occasional sinner, but for the real hard bargains like you and me. For people who can't live with themselves, who are plagued and traumatized and angered and paralyzed by sin and the death which is its wages, by disaster, by depression and disease, by grief and regret, by the evil that they see in the world and in themselves, by the backbreaking toil required to sustain life, and the apparent senselessness and futility of it in the face of destruction and decay. Those are the people, we are the people, for whom <clears throat> Jesus and his righteousness are the cure for our sin. If you have been there in those dark places, as I have, says Paul, I have some great news for you, except that great understates it. I have news that raises the dead, that is joy to the jaded, that makes saints out of sinners. We who are subject to life's many contagions, chief among which is sin and its chief symptom of death. We have been delivered from our disease by God himself, who came to us as a man like our ancestor Adam, that man, Jesus Christ. And of the sin to which we became subject through Adam, Jesus has cured us by taking it on his sinless self. As we learned in today's gospel lesson, Jesus was tempted as we are. He suffered as we do. He died our death to give us life. Life as children of God in communion with him now and forever. By putting sin to death in his own body, Jesus defeated death, which no longer has dominion over us. He has turned death into a gateway to heaven for those who are tethered to him in faith through baptism into his death and resurrection. And says Paul in Romans 5 verses 15 and 16, get this. The free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the, have the grace of God and the free gift and the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. And that's not all. Paul keeps going. If because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. You know what that means for us? It means we can stop kicking ourselves. It means we can look death in the eye and say, Where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, 
which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, this cure is not just for the pages of The Lancet or the Journal of the American Medical Association. It's for shouting from the rooftops, for sharing with friends, for passing on to children and to generations yet unborn. It's for getting together to remember, repeat, and celebrate every week as we're doing now. This is a cure for the ages, for sin and also for sullenness, for death and also for despair. It's a cure that no virus can overcome and that frees us from fear. It's a cure for our deepest maladies, not least those that make physically healthy people give up on life because of their spiritual illness, even ruining the day of their birth. This is reason to celebrate in the midst of our fallen world. In Jesus Christ, God has provided a cure more comprehensive, more efficacious, more permanent than any vaccine or treatment can deliver. The forgiveness of sins, both Adam's and ours, in Jesus Christ, gives us reason not to throw in the towel, but to thank God and to work assiduously to protect and heal one another from the many maladies that still plague us, both physical and spiritual. Thanks be to God for his free gift that frees us from sin, death, and fear to love and serve one another.